You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I usually love watching with my family as we eat a nice cooked meal and drink ice-cold Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out all the latest football watching content from Pepsi. As expected, the Jaguars went out today and fell short against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. Nobody really expected them to win. Nobody expected the Jaguars to to play uh, lights out. Uh, they, they played pretty good. They played tough uh, for a while, but eventually the, the experience, the depth, just the overall team play and the toughness and the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers just, just eventually wore out the Jaguars. And Jake Lutzen had a, a typical day for a rookie against – a very, very good defense. He had a number of interceptions. He probably could have had 10 had they not been dropped. But he looked every bit as shell-shocked as you would imagine a rookie could look today against Pittsburgh and their defense. It didn't shock anybody that the Jaguars weren't able to come up with the victory. But they did lose 27-3 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh now is undefeated at 10-0. and Mike Tomlin says they, the only thing that's perfect about them is their record. And I'm not perfect either, but I'm here every day on Locked On Jaguars, and you can catch this because it's your team every day here on Locked On Jaguars, and you can subscribe on Google Podcasts. Listen, man, the, the bottom line is is this this team is it is what it is. Doug Marone in his press conference, and I'll paraphrase, even basically has resigned himself to saying, we've done everything. He's proud of the team. He's told the players, hey, I'm proud of you, but we've done everything we can do. That means we are just not good enough. That's what that means. We are not good enough. We cannot win. We cannot compete. We've done every single thing we can do. And now to add insult to injury, your best player, Josh Allen, was on the ground writhing in pain and had to be helped off, and he couldn't put any pressure on his knee. At the time of me recording this, I don't know the extent of it, but it it, it would surprise me if they even put him on the field for the rest of the year. If you can't put any – any pressure on your leg, why even risk it? He's too important to the future of this franchise for you to even risk that. So I wouldn't uh, worry about that. There's a quarterback decision that has to be made, though. It's looming. And you got to ask, are they really, really trying to win? Do they want to win? And what's the point? Are they going to – see, because everybody's going to talk about the fact that, that Jake Luton struggled today, but people don't understand that Gardner Minshew struggled earlier too. And then if, if – if you pay attention, they'll go, well, he was hurt, okay? But he also lost his job last year because he struggled. They they may have gone back to Nick Foles anyway, but this is the same situation. 
They may have gone back to Nick Foles last year anyway, but he helped them with the last three performances he had before they went back to Nick Foles. He didn't play well. So um, they have a decision that they're going to have to make, unless they're going to go with Mike Glennon, and I don't think they're going to do that. But uh, it's a team right now looking for bright spots, and the only bright spot you have right now on the team is James Robinson. I have been bragging about the offensive line. The offensive line also did not play well today. Of course, they were going up against some some guys that, you know, those some full-grown men over there now on, on the other side of that of, of that ball, and they wear you out, especially when you can't maintain drives. You you know, and they and they their offense controls the ball and they keep their guys rested and and once they get used to uh, and and you start getting behind and you become one one-dimensional, oh, they got you exactly where they want you. And Keith Butler dialed some things up. He dialed some things up. You can dial us up here every day, too, right here, because it's your team every day right here on Locked on Jaguars, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Google Podcasts. All right, so here in the second segment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about something that I noticed with Jake Luton and, and what I saw Keith Butler do, the defensive coordinator for Pittsburgh. And it, it, it's, it, it's going to magnify something that we talk about all the time, how these coaches will figure you out after a while how they'll figure you out after a while and they'll figure you out when it also comes to what not only what you want to do or what or what you're capable of doing but what the coach that's calling the plays wants to do and how it's so important to make adjustments inside of a game and you can't do that on the fly especially when you're making mistakes so we're going to talk about something that's very significant so we can compare and contrast these quarterbacks and in the third segment, I'll take a look at some things defensively that I noticed and talk about this. This Ron Jaworski, I heard the other night, he was on with my buddy Rick Ballou, and Ron Jaworski said that it would take three years. That even if the Jaguars made changes and they got a franchise quarterback, it would take three years. And I'm thinking, okay, well, they used this year as one of those years. Now I have to rethink that. So before I get into that too much, I'm going to tell you to, to hold that one, stick that one on the shelf until the third segment. And um, when when the third segment comes, we're going to dissect that a little bit because I had an interesting point, and I changed my mind today just watching the game. I actually changed my mind today watching the game. So I'll get into that in the third segment. All right, so buckle up. When we come back, we'll talk about what we saw from the Pittsburgh Steelers that kind of falls in line with the way that I think about how they treat young quarterbacks. And we'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. It's almost Thanksgiving, man, and I know it's going to be hard for y'all to get in shape. And nobody wants to talk about getting in shape this week because you got a lot of turkey stuff in your face, right? But after that's over, you're going to need to prioritize it. And when it comes to getting in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. And Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level sessions and classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try an Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. 
go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's right. E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. And get on it right now, man. So when this week is over and you're done eating turkey and stuffing, you can get your butt on those treadmills and get on these bikes and start working that weight off because Echelon can definitely get you to your destination. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Family and friends on Thanksgiving, three great games, ice-cold Pepsi. That's how I'm going to do it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, man, so we are here on a not-so-victorious post-game show here on Locked on Jaguars uh, talking about this Steelers game. We ain't going to venture too far off from the uh, the NFC North. In fact, we're going to – the AFC North, we're going to stay there, in fact – this week, we'll have our crossover edition on Thursdays, as of all Thursdays. We're talking to Jeff Lloyd from Locked on Brown. So, Jeff Lloyd will be on with us to do a crossover edition on Thursday to talk about Miles Garrett and talk about Baker Mayfield and talk about all of those guys that Cleveland has because uh, the Jaguars will be trying to get some revenge on the AFC North. So, make sure you tune in to our crossover Thursday shows uh, that we have every week. It'll be Jeff Lloyd this week. But right now – I got to talk to you about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they did to our young quarterback and and why that kind of ties into some things that when we talk about guys that have limitations and and as much as we love uh, young players that 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 are good stories like Gardner Minshew and and Jake Luton, you know, Tom Brady was, you know, uh, that's an anomaly to get a six round pick that is, is arguably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And these, both of those guys, and I jokingly said this on TV, that both of these guys have, in Minshew and Luton, they both have a, a measurable skill that allows them to, to, to play in the NFL and, and probably play in the NFL for quite a while, but not just as a starter or just a franchise quarterback. Because with both of them, you can find things that – they don't do well. Now, you can find things that all young quarterbacks don't do well, but they usually have this blue sky. And what I mean is they have some sort of athleticism or skill set that will allow them to grow and get beyond whatever limitation you're trying to place on them, right? The thing with guys like Minshew and Luton is this. They're usually ready to play because they – they've already reached their maturity level when it comes to the intellect of the game. These guys have gotten every single thing out of their body. These guys have gotten every single thing that they can out of their ability. And they're smart. They're smart players. They're the guys that's going to end up being coaches. They're the guys that they're going to know what they're supposed That's why they were able to come in and play right away and the game not be too big for them. But they both have limitations. The limitations with Luton is his touch. Because while he, it appears that he has a very strong arm, he also 
uh, he he lacks a little touch, and I think his release point, even though he's six six, might be low because he gets an awful lot of balls batted. Is either his release point, and I would have to ask somebody like Quincy Avery or Denny Thompson, quarterback guys, is his release point too low, or is it his eyes, or does he have some other tell that guys know exactly when to raise their hand to bat those balls down, right? So what Keith Butler did to me was he gave him what he gave him windows. But he gave him deep windows. He dropped those linebackers and had those safeties, Minka Fitzpatrick and those guys playing deep. On several occasions, on several occasions, wide receivers and tight ends ran the seam route. That's where you run up the hash mark, fake like you're going out, and run right up the seam. And normally, the way I've always been told is a quarterback is supposed to throw the ball at the head at the back of the head of the linebacker if the linebacker is running with his back to the quarterback. The Steelers didn't quite do that, though. What the Steelers would do is they still would leave the linebacker or the up man a little bit shallow, and he never actually turned and ran backwards, I mean, and ran away from the quarterback as if he was running with the tight end. He would kind of look, but he would all, they would always have their head turned backwards. So he didn't really give, they didn't really give Luton that target. What they did was they let the they let the tight end go and created a little bit of a window in a basket. And the safeties played so deep, you didn't even see the safeties breaking on the the the, the tight end or the receiver when he came open. They just waited, and guess what they waited for? The ball that hit him right in the chest. Each and every time, so it's it's almost as if Pittsburgh was creating the window. They were making sure that they didn't give up the shallow crosses. And it's almost as if they were creating the window because they said, and, I'm, and this is what happens now, they have scouts too. They break tape. So if, 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 if they were smashing tape and they noticed, yeah, he can't throw that ball, trust me. They probably went and watched every throw he made at Oregon State. He can't throw it. He, 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 he's got a strong arm, but he's not going to drop it in. He's going to pick and stick as opposed to being anticipatory and letting it go. He's going to try to pick and stick, and by doing that, he's going to try to gun it in, and he's going to overfly it every single time. And it's like every single time, that's exactly what he did. They gave him a throw that he could not make consistently. I don't know if he hit it at all, but I know he missed it a bunch. And when he missed it, it was horrible, and it looked terrible. So that leaves everybody to go, well, Minshew will make that throw. You know what Minshew would do? Minshew would throw it early. Because he doesn't have that gun, he would throw it really early. Would he step up in the pocket and make that throw or even try to? The thing that you got to notice about Minshew is this. The second those guys catch the ball, they get lit up. You know why? Because the DB has more time to react because the ball takes longer to get there. And the receivers were catching the ball, and they were getting lit up every single time. And I was like, he's going to get somebody hurt. Even on the shallow passes, guys were getting hit. Guys were getting hit. Guys were getting hit. So the difference is Minshew doesn't play on schedule. He doesn't play on schedule. Luton tries to play on schedule, but then he, he airmails balls. Minshew doesn't like to play on schedule. Minshew likes to play ahead of schedule where he throws balls to spots in anticipatory. But all you got to do is this. Keep the wide receiver from getting where he wants to go. How many times did we see balls thrown to places and they just hit the ground when Minshew was playing quarterback? 
And see, those are the physical limitations that I'm talking about. The things that Minshew does well, Luton doesn't do well. And the things that Luton does well, Minshew doesn't do well. You need a guy that does all of it. Physically does all of it. Now, he's going to come in. He ain't going to be mentally where those guys are. He won't be. He won't be mentally where those guys are. So that's where the player development comes in, and that's where having to having to run the right system has to come in, and all of that stuff. So that's I wanted to break that down for you because I saw a lot of people today on social media, and a lot of people hit me up saying, "What do you think they're going to do with the quarterback position?" Well, I don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback position, but I'm going to tell you what. In my opinion, that's the dilemma that they face. The dilemma that you that you see that's the one that they face. Is that they they have they have two half a quarterbacks and neither one of them does what the other one can do. Neither one, and that's why you're going to be picking second in the draft, and that's why you have to find somebody. That's exactly why you have to find somebody. Let me tell you about Built Bar, man. I I keep telling you guys about Built Bar, and I'm going to keep telling you about Built Bar until y'all. Make sure you post them on social media so I can come get something from you. Built Bar is the absolute best tasting protein bar on the market. That's right. It is, man. You know, they got six new flavors, right? They It's 18 now. It used to be 12. How about caramel brownie? Cookies and cream. Cherry barcia. Lemon almond cheesecake. Does that sound delicious? Carrot cake and apple almond crisp. You're going to love the texture. You're going to love the fact that you can eat it guilt-free without worrying about your figure, man, because you know what? It's packed with protein and has very few calories, and you're going to absolutely love it. And you can get it right now by going to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's right. The promo code to use is LOCKEDON and get 20% off at Built Bar. Get some Built Bars. Take a picture. Send it to me at Shop Talking Wig on Twitter and let me know what your favorite flavor is. All right, man, so um, discussing, I, I saw, I, I was listening to a radio show with my man Rick Blue the other night, and Rick Blue, you know, that was my partner back in the day when I did radio. He was talking to Ron Jaworski, and Ron Jaworski was talking to him about team building, and he says, Rick asked him a very good question. He asked him, what would it take, how long would it take that if the Jaguars – did clean house and barred in a franchise quarterback. How long would it take to to build a team? And Jaworski said three years. And usually I would agree with that, right? So while I'm driving, I, I said, you know what? I don't think it's going to take that long because three – now, it depends on what you mean three years to what. I think three years means to having a realistic chance to, to make some noise and contend. You ain't talking about winning a Super Bowl You don't because you never know. But you have to put yourself in position first. I thought – this year, with so many rookies, when I'm driving, I'm thinking, okay, this this is the first year right here. They just don't have the quarterback in place yet. This is year one. This is year one because you got James Robinson. You you got, you know, Chark. You, you drafted Chanel. You got all of these DBs in development. You got C.J. Henderson. You got all these guys. You figured out what you have in Miles Jack. You, you know, you got the other left tackle. You, you got your right tackle solved with Juwan Taylor. I'm sitting there thinking like, no, man, this is like year one. 
this is year one right here. This is why you go one and 15. This is the year one of your rebuild. You're playing all of these young guys. They're getting all of this young experience. And then I watched the game today, and I'm not going to overreact because Pittsburgh is a very, very good team. They're the best team in the league. I'm watching the game today, and I'm thinking, just because these guys are young and they're playing, and I said this before, and I need to listen to myself, just because they're young and they're playing doesn't mean they're going to actually be around when this team gets good. And, and that's not a good thing. Just because they're young and they're experienced, and they're gaining experience, and they're getting valuable playing time, doesn't mean that they're going to ascend to be any better than they are. They may get better just from experience, but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to be good enough to hold those positions down when this team gets, or if this team ever does get to the point where they contend. Because if there's a change in, in, in staffs, they're going to be asked to do other stuff. And 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 the people that come in here aren't gonna be they're not gonna be tied to any of these guys. They they're not. What what if there's a scheme change? I'm thinking, okay, we got Devon Hamilton, he looks really good. And that Costin kid looks like a really good player. All of that stuff, you know, Jared Wilson, I've been bragging about him, and then the safeties and Jones and Thomas and all that. I'm thinking like they got a bunch of young guys, so it's natural for us to assume that just because they have these young kids, that these kids are going to actually two years down the road be a part of the situation. Now, the guys that are picked in the first and the second round, you should expect them to be, even though recent history with the Jaguars tells you that that's not the case because they don't re-sign people, and that's been a part of the problem that we talked about with team building, right? So you should assume that those guys are going to be a part of the future of this franchise. But it's not a given that just because they've gone totally young that these guys are going to be a part of the team. I'll tell you right now, if they're going to be any good three years from now, neither one of those quarterbacks is going to be on the center. So that's the most important position on the team right there. Neither one of those guys is going to be your quarterback. Who amongst the wide receiver group is going to still be here? You don't know. Nobody knows. So – the thing is, is I made the mistake of thinking this is year one. No, it's not, man. This ain't year one. That's why, to me, saying that you were trying to win this year with these rookies and now the coach saying we've done everything, you are exactly where I knew you would be, where everybody else knew you would be. And to me, you're where you thought you would be if you're Doug Marone and Dave Carr. You had to think that. There's no way you thought. There's no way you thought. You were going to, you know, everybody talks about the fact that a couple of years ago when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, they had like a double-digit rookies on their team. Yeah, they did, but they, they, did, they weren't playing them all in critical positions. Those guys weren't all on the field. They had other dudes. They had a bunch of guys you already knew. They were supplementing their team with those people. You look up here and it's like they, keep, they kept saying it on TV. There's a rookie. There's another rookie. There's another rookie. There's another rookie. I heard the word rookie so much today, man. It was it was crazy. All of these guys are not going to be. You, you got four DBs that you drafted, and then you got Luke Barku. They're not all going to be around two years from now. 
They won't be. Joe Schobert probably won't be the linebacker two years from now. You know? Maybe maybe DJ Chark wants to stay. I don't know. But losing, man, and, and continuing to lose will start wearing out these wearing wearing out the psyche of these guys. And I know most of y'all don't want to hear this, but you kind of now see why all those other guys wanted to leave. Except Calais. Calais wanted to stay, but he's in a different place. You see why those young guys, they didn't want to waste their time being here and losing. That doesn't necessarily mean they're winning where they're at now either. But if they're not going to win, they might as well be happy and, and live where they want to live. I'm telling you, man, I don't know what the future holds. I really don't. I'm going to take a look at some coaching GM combinations tomorrow on tomorrow's show. One of them y'all ain't going to like. But I'm going to do it anyway because that's what I do. I'll be here. I'll be here for the Tuesday show. We're going to look at coaching and GM combinations. I want you to look forward to seeing that. Jags fall today again to Pittsburgh. The Jags one and nine. They've lost nine straight. Shaq Khan has 100 losses, 100 losses since he bought the team. Second fastest to 100 losses in the history of the NFL. We'll be here tomorrow, man. This is Locked On Jaguars. You can subscribe on Google Podcasts, follow along on Spotify, and tell your friends to come too. They can subscribe on Apple and iTunes as well. Until tomorrow, continue to take care of each other and – Just try to find something to look forward to. I'll just give you a name, James Robinson. If you feel bad about your team, just think about James Robinson because he's a good football player. Until tomorrow, man, y'all take care.